becoming grateful. But Chris, I hear you cry. I know how lucky I am to have these things. Well, that's fantastic. Now I'm going to give you a couple of easy exercises to prove it to yourself. And hey, I'm not the one that you have to convince. Exercise one, gratitude lists. During my time working as a hypnotherapist, this exercise was something I requested of every single one of my clients, starting after our very first session. I've adapted this to wedding planning, just as I would have done to any client-specific source of anxiety. The idea of this exercise is about as simple as it gets, but do not let its simplicity fool you. It's the ongoing commitment to this exercise which is the difficult part. It comes in two parts, though. 1. Every day, write down one thing about your wedding that you're grateful for. 2. Every day, reread everything you put onto the list and then add something new to it. Like I said, this is about as simple as it gets, or at least it is for the first few weeks. I'm sure you could easily reel off a whole bunch of things you're grateful for about your wedding right now, especially as the last few minutes have primed you for this. Once you've completed your list for a month, you'll have 30 things on your list, and you'll still have to think of one new thing every day. Two months in, you'll be up to 60, and you'll still have to keep going. It's at this stage of the exercise that you and your fantastic brain can really get into the nitty-gritty of gratitude, drilling down onto the things that were not immediately obvious. Rereading all the points on the list already will compound the gratitude you felt when you first identified each item, so the positive effects of gratitude will strengthen every day. You kind of already started this, but if you haven't, then all you need is a piece of paper and a pen, or you could keep the list in the notes section of your phone. Write today's entry, and then set a reminder on your phone to do the same thing each day. The ongoing dedication to completing this task each day will solidly ground you and create a genuine sense that you are in an incredibly fortunate situation, preventing you from taking any part of it for granted. As a stoic bride, you will understand every single facet of your wedding day, appreciate every single thing and every person, and feel grateful for absolutely all of it. How to premeditate the evils. That's not a sentence I ever thought I'd write when I started writing this book. Picture this. It's the morning of your wedding day, but you accidentally drank a little bit too much last night and woke up feeling awful. You overslept, but that isn't immediately critical because your makeup artist got a puncture driving over, so she was late anyway. The bridal hairstylist team has had two employees come down with a neurovirus, so there's only one person to do your hair plus your mum and your four bridesmaids. You are told there's only time to do three people, so it's up to you to decide which of your three bridesmaids will have to style their own hair. And after all that, your photographer somehow managed to drop one of his cameras into a puddle as he's leaving your house, destroying all of the photos. It's absolutely tipping it down, with a little hail thrown in for good measure, even though it's the height of summer and the last few days have been nothing but glorious sunshine. Your pristine white Rolls Royce arrives 15 minutes late due to traffic, and it's now a distinct brownie-beige colour, as a lorry drenched it with muddy water. The dress you spent a full month's wages on fits perfectly, thanks to countless fittings, but sadly it gets saturated as you walk to the car, then a bird does a poo on your shoulder. You get into the car, and your chauffeur stinks of whiskey, 
and the whole journey he's moaning about the fact that his wife announced that she's leaving him. He's clearly been drinking all night and spends the whole journey talking about marriage being a waste of time. You arrive at the church 25 minutes late, soaking wet with the bird poo still on your shoulder, still in shock from your journey with the drink-driving chauffeur, and then you walk down the aisle, surrounded by those that you love and care for, then you marry the love of your life. Does that all sound a little bit ridiculous and over the top? Stick with me, there are good reasons for imagining this very, very bleak scenario. The story is an example of negative visualisation. Marcus Aurelius, who I mentioned earlier, had an infinitely more awesome name for it. Premeditatio Malorum, which translates as premeditation of evils. There's a good chance, especially if you're someone who suffers with anxiety, that you're wondering why on earth you deliberately imagine this or any other horrendous story. Isn't it only going to make you feel uncomfortable and anxious? Well, yes, but that might not necessarily be a bad thing. The feelings will be temporary, and the positive aftereffects will far outweigh any initial anxiety. I'm even going to give you a simple exercise now to exacerbate the initial negativity and make it more personal. Exercise 2. Negative Visualisation For this exercise, you want to find somewhere quiet where you're not going to be disturbed. Sit down, make yourself comfortable and close your eyes. If it isn't suitable to do this now, then please come back to the exercise later on. If you're comfortable and ready to begin, then concentrate on your breathing. Don't try to change it or control it. Just be aware of the breath entering and leaving your body. If you find yourself distracted, say, by a sound or a new thought that crosses your mind, that's fine. Don't beat yourself up, just acknowledge the distraction, then bring your concentration back to your breathing. You will now be approaching the best mindset in order to visualise for this exercise. It's fairly likely that you've already imagined a picture-perfect image of how your wedding would look ideally. I'd like you now to visualise that perfect day in your head, thinking about the different parts of the day. The people, the weather, the venue. Anything and everything you've already thought about or planned. Take a few moments just to lock that into your mind. Next, imagine you're removing every single thing you've organised for your big day, one by one. For example, imagine the florist doesn't deliver the flowers. Picture the makeup artist not turning up. Add in a scenario where somehow you end up getting married in jeans and a t-shirt. Take away every lovely thing and imagine how your wedding would be then. Continue taking things away, one by one, until you're left with just you together with your partner getting married. Now imagine your life without your partner in it. 
Spend a few moments visualizing all of this until that final sad image is firmly locked into your mind. Now, sorry that this all feels pretty bleak, but you're also very aware that none of this is actually going to happen. Next up, a cliche. You don't know what you've got until it's gone. How many times have you been told that? How many times have you been reminded of that saying when you've experienced some sort of loss? By allowing yourself to visualize this horrible scenario of everything going wrong on your wedding day, you actually accomplish a great number of things. By truly understanding how your wedding or your life would be without something in it, you will garner a genuine hold on exactly what that thing means to you. Once you appreciate how it would feel to lose something, you can truly understand how much it means to you, which gives you real gratitude for that thing. You will naturally no longer take it for granted, instead treating it with the respect and appreciation that it deserves. Nothing will make you love something more than fully appreciating what it would be like to not have it in your life. The Stoics would even muse upon the loss of their children to make sure they appreciated them fully and loved them unconditionally. You might not feel the need to take your own visualisation quite as far, although it could be helpful at times. If you do have children, the next time the kids are driving you up the wall, take a couple of minutes out and imagine what your life would be without them in it. And your gratitude and your patience should be immediately restored as you realise just how much they mean to you. Another enormous benefit to the wedding-specific negative visualisation exercise is that you may suddenly realise that something you've organised feels unnecessary or perhaps undesirable. For example, when you imagine the sweet cart supplier cancelling on you at the last minute, maybe you felt indifferent or happy that you were saving the money. After the exercise, you may well then question why you even wanted a sweet cart. Perhaps a friend persuaded you it was a must-have and something you definitely needed, but when you think about it now, it seems over-the-top or unnecessary. Whether you only feel more grateful for everything you've organised or also decide to ditch a few unnecessary expenses, the exercise will help you realise what is really important to you and your wedding. Finally, doing this exercise will mentally prepare you for the absolute worst. As such, it will allow you to create potential contingency plans in case any minor disaster strikes. And if anything does go wrong, you'll be too busy feeling happy and grateful about everything else rather than feeling distressed by the setback. I'm not suggesting for a second that anticipating everything possible going wrong is like some sort of crazy magic spell that will make any real setback perfectly acceptable. But wouldn't you prefer to be prepared for things not running to plan and then find your whole wedding day easier rather than the other way around? Conclusion on the power of gratitude. Being genuinely grateful and feeling very fortunate don't quite form the polar opposites of being stressed and unhappy with your situation, but it is nearly impossible for those feelings to exist at the same time in your mind. Practicing the exercises in this chapter will have given you a great start on the stoic journey. You can start feeling altogether more positive about planning your wedding, as well as less worried about the prospect of anything not going to plan. 
Gratitude is such a simple concept to understand and apply, but it can be a more complicated beast to keep tamed. If or when you earn more or achieve more in life, it might become harder to stay true to the principle of gratitude and easier to slip back into the habit of taking things for granted. But it'll be extremely easy for you to at least complete the exercises in this chapter and develop a grateful mindset towards planning your wedding. Hopefully, you will then find it easy to employ the same techniques throughout the rest of your life to give you more appreciation and enjoyment of anything and everything you experience. Here are some positive declarations about your new mindset, some or all of which you already have achieved. Being a Stoic Bride will empower you to understand the concept and benefits of gratitude and take nothing for granted and know that you have everything you need. It will fill you full of gratitude and allow you to feel prepared for failure and ready for success. This thorough understanding of gratitude gives a solid foundation for the next important area of Stoicism which is just as important in helping you to fully enjoy planning your wedding, control. When thinking about control in relation to wedding planning, you'd be forgiven for thinking of a bridezilla dictating instructions to every poor soul involved. Chapter 2 is going to give you a new and very positive take on control, according to Stoic philosophy. Thanks for listening to the Stress-Free Bride Guide. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to listen to the full, unabridged audiobook, then check in the show notes for a link to the Audible audiobook. This will be free if you're a new member to Audible.